And Enoch lived sixty-five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years. He begat sons and daughters. All the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty-five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. For without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. In other words, this man Enoch walked with God in a very, very ungodly world. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher, Dr. John G. Mitchell, was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Our name, the Unchanging Word, reflects the fact that the eternal Word of God is never changed and never will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. The Unchanging Word Bible broadcast begins a series on great Bible characters. There are a great many Bible characters in both the Old and New Testament, but we will be looking especially at Enoch in this lesson. Dr. Mitchell will be speaking on Enoch. His times and faith are found in the book of Genesis, chapter 5, verses 19 through 24. And Enoch is also mentioned in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, and Jude, verse 14. Dr. Mitchell will be relating all these scriptures into a character study of this man, Enoch. And we are reminded that God seeks our fellowship with him in our walk day by day. It is pointed out that our walk is a walk of faith. For the one trusting Christ, we are trusting him and his work for us, as recorded in the scriptures. Well, here's Dr. Mitchell, Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. Thank you. Good day, friends. We come to you again. And we're starting today uh, a new brief series of studies on the different ones in the Old and New Testament. We think of the different categories all through the Bible, and there's so many, yet each one is different. Each one is seeking to, in some way, to reveal something of the wonderful grace of God. If our God takes these men, each one different. Uh, you, for example, you take in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, uh, in, those first, in those first 8 or 10, 11, ver 11 verses, you remember? For example, we see the sacrifice of faith in Abel. We see the walk of faith in Enoch. We see the work of faith in Noah. 
We see the obedience of faith in Abraham. We see the willingness of faith in Sarah. Now, each one is different. In fact, God has made us all different. God is working something through you and through me uh, that is different. God has made us all different. We have different personalities, and there's always something different. And God can use you to do a particular thing that nobody else can do. He's put you where you are, in the circumstances in which you are, for a distinct purpose. You know, this is a wonderful thing when you think of it, that God can take men, irrespective of the circumstances, and use them for His glory. God's always looking for men. He's not looking for a crowd. God's looking for men, women, individuals who will know him in a very intimate way. And you know, it's so often we excuse ourselves by saying, well, if I were only living in his circumstances or living in a different day, etc., etc., what you would do. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. God has put you in the world at this time to do a particular job for him. I'm talking to those of you who love the Savior. And I'll be very frank you when I look the different groups over of God's people. They are different. They are different. You go to different churches and you find the difference. And he's made you different. And he's made me different. Oh, I know, sometimes we say, I wish I were like so-and-so. I wish I had so-and-so's gift. Well, brother, you just don't. God is the one who is the giver. And all he wants is you. So that I'm going to take up this question of, of these different characters in the Bible. I sincerely hope that you and I may learn the lesson that God wants us to learn. And today I want to take up the first one is Enoch. Not Adam. Uh, not Abel. Although in Abel we see the sacrifice of faith. It's an amazing thing about Abel, by the way. You know nothing about his life. He just offered his sacrifice. And it was accepted instead of Cain's. And Cain is forgotten. But Enoch, though he be yet dead, though he be dead, yet he speaketh. All God wants is obedience. All he wants is you and me. And our testimonies live on to the glory of God. And so I just pray that the Spirit of God will make these simple lessons very, very precious and very clear to you. There are two things I would like to see done. I want to see, first of all, of course, God, the Lord Jesus, glorified. Then I want to see that men and women come to know the Savior. And then I want believers to know something about a walk with God. This is the most important thing, not your service, not your sacrifice, but your walk with God. You see, when you walk with Him, I'm not going to be alarmed at all about your life or your sacrifice or your service. These are just the outflow of a walk with God. And the marvelous thing is, as you read your Bible, if it was possible for men in those circumstances, it can be also true of you and of me today. So I say again, the great desire of God is for us 
to walk with him. This was why he made man. You remember in Genesis chapters 2 and 3, God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. They had blessed fellowship. There was no sin. There was no death. They had blessed fellowship. And one day, Adam failed God. He disobeyed God. He wanted something that God said he shouldn't have. He went across the line and became disobedient. And sin came in, and death because of sin. And yet, may I say this, even though God knew that Adam had sinned, I find God coming to the appointed place to have fellowship with Adam, and Adam wasn't there. And he cried out, Adam, where are you? Well, I'm over here. What are you doing over there? Well, I'm naked. Oh, you've eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, sin did not keep God from his appointment with Adam. Sin kept Adam from his appointment with God. Friend, listen, if you love the Savior, if you are trusting the Savior, the way is open, you have access into the very presence of God, and God wants your fellowship. He wants you. Sin does not keep him from the appointed place. Sin keeps you and me from the appointment. That's why when we come to the epistle of John in chapter 1, if a believer sins, fellowship is broken. What shall we do? And John declares, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And remember, it does not say God is faithful and merciful, faithful and loving. When it comes to the question of disobedience, the question of sin, we're dealing with a holy, righteous God. And you remember in Hebrews chapter 12, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. God is righteous. And the marvelous thing is that the Lord Jesus has made the provision. He's put away our sins. He's covered us with his own righteousness. And we can, as Hebrews 4.12 declare, 4.16, pardon me, declares, we can come with boldness to the throne of grace and there obtain mercy and find grace to help in every time of need. So that as we look at these different characters in the Bible, will you please mark these things? In every one of them, the great yearning of God is for their fellowship. And you know, if men can walk with God in the midst of an ungodly world like Enoch, and Noah walked with God in the midst of a violent world, and Abraham walked with God in the midst of a pagan world, can't you and I walk with God? Even Moses walked with God in the midst of an indifferent apostate age. I tell you, friends, the great thing that delights the heart of God is to have his children come and fellowship with him. And when you come, again, I say what I've said so often, when you come and you mean business, God will not scold you. He will take you into his arms and forgive you and cleanse you if you mean business in your confession of your sin. Now, having said that, allow me again to, to follow along one or two things here. 
This is why the Lord made redemption possible. Clear the way for sinful man to be redeemed, to come into the presence of God. Let me give you another little suggestion when I talk about this matter of walking with God. Uh, you, take, you take, for example, in the, New, in the Bible, four ways, he mentions four ways we walk. For example, Enoch walked with God as a friend in intimate fellowship with him. You find that in Genesis 5 and Hebrews 11. Abraham was to walk before God as a child in simple trust. You remember you find this in Genesis 17, 1. When Abraham was 99 years of age, God said, Abram, walk before me and be thou perfect. So we walk before God as a child in simple trust. And then Israel is told to walk after God as a servant in simple obedience. You find that in Deuteronomy 13, 4. God promises them great blessing if they'll be obedient. They'll walk after God as a servant. Then in Colossians 2.6, we read, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. He becomes our path. He's our very life. So I repeat that. Enoch walked with God as a friend in blessed fellowship. Abraham walked before God as a child in simple trust. Israel walked after God as a servant in simple obedience. And we are to walk in him. He's become our very life. He becomes our very path. Now, I would like to talk to you about this man Enoch. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to read two or three verses. First of all, in Genesis chapter 5. There are three places, by the way, where we have some statement about this man, Enoch, the seventh from Adam. In Genesis chapter 5, in verse 21 to 24, I read these words, And Enoch lived sixty-five years and begat Methuselah. By the way, Enoch's father and Enoch's son were the two oldest men that ever lived. Enoch Jared, his father, lived to be 962 years, and Methuselah lived 969 years. An amazing thing that his father and his son were the two oldest men who ever lived. Now go back to verse 20, 22. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years. He begat sons and daughters. All the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. The next one is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. For without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then we have this third one. It's in the book of Jude, verse 14. You remember Jude is talking about these false prophets, both in their doctrine and in their lives. Now read, 
And Enoch also the seven from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. In other words, this man Enoch walked with God in a very, very ungodly world. May I just suggest this to you? Enoch is the man in the Bible who walked with God and was not for God took him. He was translated that he should not see death. And faith was given to him, and and it's given to us, by the way, not to change the world, but to walk with God in this world, whatever kind of world it was in. And remember again, I say, Enoch walked with God in an ungodly world. As far as we know, we don't know if anyone else at the same time was walking with God. I might just suggest this, that before the flood, just two men, we have just the record of two men walking with God. Enoch was one who was translated from the earth, did not see death, out of an ungodly world. Noah walked with God in the midst of a violent world, and God preserved him through the judgment on the world. Now, if I was speaking on prophecy, I would suggest that Enoch's a wonderful picture of the church being translated from the earth, from the judgments of God. And Noah, a picture of Israel, will be delivered through the judgments of God to go into the kingdom. I just suggest that in passing. Now, you notice that, that Enoch believed God. He trusted in God. That sixth verse of Hebrews 11 is connected with Enoch. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he's God, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And Enoch, given to us, is a picture of that. And Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. So we, we, we read here in, in Genesis 5, the reason that God took him was because he pleased God. And when I read this fifth, this fifth chapter of Genesis, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. Enoch was 65 years of age when Methuselah was born, and something took place when that child was born. Do you know? This man who believed that God was accessible, this man came to believe that he could have fellowship with God. He believed this was the reason why man was created. God rewarded him. He walked with God. He pleased God. When did he start to walk with God? After the birth of Methuselah. He saw his own son. I don't know where it was when he picked up that boy just born had him in his arms, something happened to Enoch. Something happened to Enoch. We have no record of what he did before Methuselah was born. How did he live those 65 years? I don't know. Possibly he walked just like the folk around him, living for himself, taking care of his household and so on, doing his business, whatever it was. And then when Methuselah was born, there was a transformation in this man Enoch. And he began to walk with God. 
and for 300 years he walked with God and God translated him. From here on, it's different. From here on, he walked with God and pleased God. God found a man who really wanted him. Up to 65 years of age, he just merely lived. Now he walks with God for 300 years. The world around him hadn't changed. The world was still ungodly. But the change was in him. I repeat it, for 65 years he lived as others. He may have walked alone, I don't know. But he went about his business, taking care of his family, and all he, whatever he was doing. He walked alone. Then when this Methuselah was born, I said there was a change. Now God was his companion. He did the same things. But now he walked with God. You know, I can't help but say this to those of us who are Christians. We know a lot about God. We take our Bibles and we fill our minds with the knowledge of God. We revel, for example, in the fact that He's redeemed us. He's justified us. That means He has covered us with the righteousness of Christ. We revel in the fact that we have eternal life, that we are children of God. But what do we know about God in our own lives? Do we go about our business as if God wasn't there? It's what I'm trying to get into my own heart. What happened to Enoch when he saw Methuselah? With that baby in his arms, he began to walk with God. I wonder sometimes, as he looked upon that boy of his, Methuselah, uh, made in his own image, just like Enoch, if Enoch didn't begin to think, well, God made me. And just as I love my baby, God must love me, because I am the work of his hands. He created me for a purpose. And just as Methuselah, ha as Enoch had Methuselah, to shower his love upon him as his boy and his family, part of him, what about God? Our Creator, the one who made us, and he made us for himself. So just as Enoch would shower his love upon his child, his, his newborn son, he had a revelation that God wanted his love, that God loved him. That's why in the sixth verse of Hebrews 11, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he's God, and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I just want to stop there this morning and leave that thought with you. Why were you created? Why was man created in the first place? For fellowship with God. Sin ruined that picture. Jesus Christ has come and he's redeemed us. He's put away our sin. He died our death. Death is no longer as a part in us. We belong to him. And the thing that he wants of you and me is our fellowship. Friend, I ask you this morning, or today, wherever you are, you Christian, you claim to love the Savior, do you walk with God? Or does God have to come looking for you like he did with Adam? 
irrespective of your circumstances. God knows all about your circumstances. He wants you. He wants me. God grant that today you'll think about this. If you're a child of God, you've got every right to come in the presence of God and I fellowship with him. And if I'm talking to an unsaved person, my friend, he's made the way possible for you to come into the presence of God. But being a holy God, and as Hebrews 12 says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Where can I get this holiness, this righteousness, this fitness for the presence of God? Only one way, and that's in Christ. And as Ephesians 1, 6 says, we're accepted in the beloved. So I, I just ask you today to walk with him. That's what God is waiting for. He's waiting for your fellowship. The marvelous thing is, oh no, I should say it the other way around. The astounding thing is that we hold God off when he wants our fellowship. May we fill his heart with joy and blessing today as we walk with him. Now the Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins again.